Exodus chapter 37, please. Exodus chapter 37, look at verse 1, if you will. And Bezalel made the ark of sheet and wood. Two cubits and a half was the length of it, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height of it. And he overlaid it with pure gold within and without, and made a crown of gold to it round about. And he cast for it four rings of gold to be set by the four corners of it, even two rings upon the one side of it, and two rings upon the other side of it. And he made staves of sheet and wood, and overlaid them with gold. And he put the staves into the rings by the sides of the ark to bear the ark. To bear the ark, meaning to support it, to sustain it. Go back to verse 1. And Bezalel made the ark of sheet and wood. This is also called the ark of the testimony, the ark of the covenant, the ark of the Lord, the ark of God, the holy ark, the ark of thy strength, and the ark of the Lord God. And Bezalel made the ark of sheet and wood, it's wood, a bit like our Lord's cross. Two cubits and a half was the length of it, two cubits, three feet, and a cubit and a half the breadth of it, that's the width, that would be around 2.25 feet. And he overlaid it with pure gold within and without, pure gold inside and out, and made a crown of gold to it round about. One day our Lord will be crowned Lord of Lords, King of Kings, God of Gods. And everybody will bow down to him. Saved, unsaved, people in heaven, people on earth, people under the earth. And he cast for it four rings of gold to be set by the four corners of it. Even two rings upon the one side of it and two rings upon the other side of it. And he made staves of sheet and wood and overlaid them with gold. Staves, narrow piece of timber. It's all wood. Bit like our uh, judgment at the judgment seat of Christ, if we have any works that'll be worth judging, uh, it'll be interesting to know what the Lord decides concerning our conduct post our salvation. If we have wood, it could be burnt up, and of course the Lord, as I say, would hang, would uh, would hang on a cross. Verse five, and he put the staves into the rings by the side of the ark to bear the ark to carry the ark. This was a moving object. Six, and he made the mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half was the length thereof, and one cubit and a half the breadth thereof. And he made two cherubims of gold, beaten out of one piece made he them, on the two ends of the mercy seats, one cherub on the end of this side, and another cherub on the other end of that side. Out of the mercy seat made he the cherubims on the two ends thereof. Go back to chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20. We spent 18 weeks looking at the Ten Commandments. And there's only one part in scripture where the Lord seems to bend the rules, seems to allow an image to be uh, created. And we're going to read about it this morning. Exodus chapter 20, look up verse 4. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. So prohibition goes out, no idols, no objects, no angels. And yet keep reading. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Hatred for the Lord results in idolatry. Idolatry results in hatred of the Lord. And that's why Catholics are going to perish when they hit the judgment. Not just Catholics, Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox. But of course, for today, you can make an idol out of your husband, out of your wife, out of your son, out of your daughter, out of your grandson, granddaughter, etc., etc., etc. Look at verse 6. And show mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So, 
Chapter 20, a prohibition goes out concerning the creation of an object and the subsequent worship. And yet, go back to chapter 37, look at 6 again. And he made the mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half was the length thereof. Two and a half cubits is 3.75 feet. And one cubit and a half, the breadth, the width thereof, that's 2.25 feet. And he made two cherubims of gold. And yet chapter 20 says you can't do it. So this is the only exception. This is the exception, not the norm. And he made two cherubims of gold beaten out of one piece made he them. On the two ends of the mercy seat. Mercy seat concerning the day of atonement. For today, the beamer seat for those of us which are saved. Or the great white throne for those that are not saved. There's no way to get around it. One day, everybody is going to die. It is appointed unto man once to die. But after this comes the judgment. After this is the judgment, of course. 37.8. One cherub on the end of this side. And another cherub on the other end of that side. Out of the mercy seat made he the cherubims. On the two ends thereof. Keep your hand there and go to 1 Kings chapter 6. So, chapter 20 says you can't, you can't uh, create an image. And you can't worship the image. Like anything in heaven. Like anything on the earth. Like anything under the earth. And yet... There is an exception, the cherubim. 1 Kings chapter 6, 1 Kings chapter 6, look at verse 23. And within the oracle he made two cherubims of olive tree, each ten cubits high. Ten cubits is around ten feet. And on top of that you've got the tree, olive tree, returning. And of course the olive tree was found back in the Garden of Eden for those who go through the uh, millennial reign, for those who are born during the millennial reign. For those who are born in eternity of eternities, they will need the tree of life to continue to survive. It's still grace, of course, but the tree has returned. And within the oracle, he made two cherubims of olive tree, each 10 cubits high. In fact, 10 cubits high, let me just correct myself, that's 15 feet, 15 feet high. 24 and 5 cubits was the one wing of the cherub and 5 cubits the other wing of the cherub. From the uttermost parts of the one wing unto the uttermost parts of the other were ten cubits. So, if you were to measure the wing wing span of the cherubim, it's 15 feet wide, 15 feet high. Which suggests to me that in heaven, the third heaven, seraphims, cherubims, angels, flying objects are going to be absolutely gigantic. And if that's what it's like in heaven, what's it going to be like in hell? 25 and the other cherub was ten cubits. Both the cherubims were of one measure and one size, identical. The height of the one cherub was ten cubits, and so was its of the other cherub. And he set the cherubims within the inner house, and they stretched forth the wings of the cherubims, so that the wing of the one touched the one wall, and the wing of the other cherub touched the other wall, and their wings touched one another in the midst of the house. And he overlaid the cherubims with gold. And he carved all the walls of the house round about with carved figures of cherubims and palm trees and open flowers within and without. Go back to chapter 37. So you have an exception. Be careful, you have an exception. If you were a Jew back in the Old Testament, you were allowed to create a cherubim, first and foremost, for the tabernacle, a fraction of the size. And if you were around when the temple was built, the size and measurements of the cherubim would be increased tenfold. You've got basically four uh, cherubims in the temple and I'll give you a quote a reference uh, from Second Chronicles shortly but it's worth spending a few moments just 
making the case that idolatry per se was out, the worshipping of idols was out, and yet, apart from that clear prohibition from Exodus chapter 20, you've got the cherubims, and the cherubims are allowed to be created, but not to be worshipped, of course. It was a gamble, because the Jews, pre-Christ, would worship almost anything, and today, people worship almost anything. In America, every February, they have the Super Bowl. It's a big event. Every politician spends millions of dollars buying airtime. All the top pop stars will want to be on the Super Bowl every February. Because millions, if not tens of millions, if not maybe two or three hundred million American, Americans tune in to watch the Super Bowl. It's a big deal. And those people are watching their favourite pop stars, their politicians, uh, favourite VIPs, so on and so forth. It's all idolatry. It's all idolatry. Uh, 37.9 again. And the cherubim spread out their wings on high, and covered with their wings over the mercy seat with their faces one to another, even to the mercy seat would with their faces to the cherubims. So the cherubims concerning the tabernacle were not the same as those that would concern the temple. The temple, you've got 15 feet high cherubims, and here these are tiny, minute cherubims, one each side of the Ark of the Covenant, watching, facing each other. If you think of central London, uh, if you think of uh, parliaments, if you are aware or if you are familiar with central London, uh, the main entrance into parliaments, very busy part of town, you've got Westminster Abbey, you've got parliaments, uh, you've got Downing Street, very busy part of London, and it's interesting because we were there a few years ago making a documentary about uh, Oliver Cromwell, and you had Charles I facing Oliver Cromwell. Mm. Oliver Cromwell facing Charles I. Somebody had a sense of humour, but that's a crude uh, example of facing one another. Look at 37.10. And he made the table of sheet and wood. Two cubits was the length thereof, and a cubit the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. And he overlaid it with pure gold, and made thereunto a crown of gold round about. Crown of gold concerning the tabernacle, the temple, concerning our saviour and last week we briefly touched on the tabernacle being a type of the church and how the tabernacle was raptured pre nebuchadnezzar's arrival and of course nebuchadnezzar is a type of the antichrist the church will be raptured before the antichrist arrives there was a church father called ephraim back in the seventh century and he wrote a piece on the rapture second advent and he said basically that we the church will be removed before the antichrist arrives and yet today, most people are attacking the rapture, saying it won't come, saying that we have to go through the tribulation. And they say there's nobody in church history, pre-Darby, who taught the pre-trib rapture. That's incorrect. And they also say how Margaret MacDonald was able to beguile John Nelson Darby, a bishop in Ireland, a biblical scholar in England. This 15-year-old girl was somehow able to beguile John Nelson Darby, wrote a letter to him going through the rapture, explaining how end times would play out, and yet most people haven't even read that letter. The letter speaks about a post-trib rapture, not a pre-trib rapture. But who cares about detail? 37.23 And he made seven lamps, and his snuffers, and his snuff dishes of pure gold. Seven lamps, like the menorah, like the seven churches found over in Revelation chapter 1, and snuffers uh, concerning the uh, instruments for cropping the snuff of a candle before i got saved many years ago i used to serve mass and part of my uh chore part of my uh ritual of serving mass would be to extinguish the light the candle on the altar 
You see, the Church of Rome have been very careful, very conniving, very clever. They've picked bits of the Old Testament. Islam have taken large chunks of the Old Testament, bits and bobs from the New Testament. Oral tradition, uh, bits of the Talmud, mix it all up and have presented themselves, or to the world, the religion of Islam. And of course the Jews uh, very clearly had their Old Testament, their religion laid out in print. The Church of Rome comes along, 3rd, 4th, 5th century. They go back to the Old Testament, they try and rehash, resurrect old rituals which are dead and buried and incorporate such into their religion. The worship of Mary was condemned back in Jeremiah 44 and elsewhere, and your average Catholic has no idea about any of this. Your average Catholic doesn't know the difference between the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Pure gold, 23. I think I've jumped ahead of myself here, actually, slightly. Uh, let's go back a few verses, excuse me. Uh, 37, let's pick it up from 37, uh, 10. 37, 10. And he made the table of sheet and wood. Two cubits was the length thereof, and a cubit the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. And he overlaid it with pure gold, and made thereunto a crown of gold round about. Crown of gold, almost reminiscent to verse 23. But again, crown of gold, picturing the Lord at the second advent. Also, we get a crown of righteousness for those of us which are saved, those which love his return. So if you are saved, keep serving him. Don't give up. The best is yet to come. 37.12 also he made thereunto a border of an hand breadth round about, and made a crown of gold for the border thereof round about. A hand breadth, open up your hand, go from left to right, middle parts of your hand, the width of your hand, that's a hand breadth. Crown of gold, round about, border thereof, so on and so forth. 37, 13. And he cast for it four rings of gold, and put the rings upon the four corners that were in the four feet thereof. Over against the border were the rings, the places for the staves to bear the table. The table, hold it up, the Lord's home. You want, you want a good table? I've got a good table right in front of me at the moment. Good quality wood. It's solid. It's around 20 years of age. It will last maybe 20 more years. The tabernacle would last up until the arrival of Nebuchadnezzar, like I say, a type of the Antichrist. When he arrived, the tabernacle, the testimony, also referred to as the Ark of the Testimony, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Lord, the Ark of God, the Holy Ark, the Ark of Thy Strength, the Ark of the Lord God, was removed. It was removed, and I believe we will be removed as well before the Antichrist arrives. 37.15 And he made the staves of sheet and wood, and overlaid them with gold, to bear the table. And he made the vessels which were upon the table, his dishes, and his spoons, and his bowls, and his covers to cover with all of pure gold. His, 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 his. Now it's obviously concerning first and foremost the high priest. He was responsible for the tabernacle. But it's also in reference to Jesus Christ. Our high priest. The typology is incredible. And we've spent almost two and a half years working through the book of Exodus. To scratch the surface. 37.17 And he made the candlestick of pure gold. Of beaten work made he the candlestick. His shaft and his branch, his bowls, his knops, and his flowers were of the same. And six branches going out of the sides thereof. Three branches of the candlestick out of the one side thereof. And three branches of the candlestick out of the other side thereof. Three bowls made after the fashion of almonds in one branch. A knop and a flower and three bowls made like almonds in another branch. A knop and a flower. So throughout the six branches going out of the candlestick. This is a mystery to me. I will say that to you. I don't really understand these verses. I sat down maybe two or three days ago. In fact, I sat down about a week ago to work through this chapter. I've got all my reference Bibles out and they are silent. 
Verse after verse after verse after verse, silent. They don't know. The tabernacle is a mystery. On the one hand it pictures Jesus Christ, on the other hand it pictures the universe. Who can understand Jesus Christ? Mm. Who can understand the universe? I can't. Let's keep reading on. 3720. And in the candlestick were four bowls made like almonds. His knops and his flowers. His, his, his. You can't miss it, can you? And a knop under two branches of the same. And a knop under two branches of the same. And a knop under two branches of the same. According to the six branches going out of it. Their knops and their branches were of the same. Identical. One church, one Lord, one baptism, one faith, one King James Bible, one rapture, one second advent, one tribulation, one thousand year reign. You understand. Colon. All of it was one beaten work of pure gold. And he made his seven lamps, 23 again. And he made his seven lamps and his snuffers and his snuff dishes of pure gold. Of a talent of pure gold made he it and all the vessels thereof. This talent of pure gold by today's money is around $34,000. That's around, let me think now, £26,000. Around 28,000 euros. 3725. And he made the incense altar of sheet and wood. The length of it was a cubit, and the breadth of it a cubit. It was four square, like the New Jerusalem measurements. Four dimensions to the cross of Christ. And two cubits was the height of it. The horns thereof were of the same. Horns, going back to not only Daniel, speaking about the Antichrist, uh, but also how a male uh, sheep can also have horns. And of course, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. We looked at that some weeks ago. And he overlaid it with pure gold, both the top of it and the sides thereof round about. And the horns of it also he made unto it a crown of gold round about. Keep your hand there, go to Second Chronicles. Uh, there is no New Testament equivalent to this. The tabernacle, yeah, okay, Peter mentions the tabernacle. So too does Dr. Luke in uh, Acts 15. But the terms, Ark of the Testimony, Ark of the Covenants, Ark of the Lord, Ark of... God, uh, the Holy Ark, Ark of the Strength, so on and so forth. These are all Old Testament terms uh, for New Testament. Uh, you don't find such descriptions mentioned. Second uh, Chronicles 35. Second Chronicles uh, 35. Look at verse 1. Moreover, Josiah kept a Passover unto the Lord in Jerusalem, and they killed the Passover. On the fourteenth day of the first month. Without shedding of blood there was no remission. And he set the priests in their charges. And encouraged them to the service of the house of the Lord. And said unto the Levites that taught all Israel. Which were holy unto the Lord. Put the holy ark in the house which Solomon the son of David king of Israel did build. It shall not be a burden upon your shoulders. It's going into retirement you see. Serve now the Lord your God and his people Israel. This is completely Jewish through and through. And prepare yourselves by the houses of your fathers, after your courses, according to the writing of David, king of Israel, and according to the writing of Solomon, his son. Do I believe the tabernacle will be on the new earth? Yes, I do. David will be on the new earth with his sons, Ezekiel 44 and beyond. The third temple will go up, Revelation 11, and never come down. It's interesting, when you go through the book of Revelation, you're not told what happens to the third temple, because it seems to survive. 35.5, 35.5. And stand in the holy place according to the visions, according to the divisions of the families of the fathers of your brethren, the people. And after the division of the families of the Levites, Levites, they're going to come back in the thousand year reign. The tree of life will reappear, thousand year reign. 
You will need the tree of life, Revelation 20, Revelation 21, Revelation 22, to survive. But for us living today, we don't get our life from the tree per se. We get our life from the one who died on the tree. But go back to Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3. If you take of the tree of life, you will live forever, like in your fallen state. They were kicked out of the garden. But that tree returns, Revelation 2, Revelation 22. And those that are born in the thousand year reign, and those who are born in the eternity of eternities, will need that tree to continue to live. Tree of life, type of Christ, of course. 35, 6, so kill the Passover and sanctify yourselves and prepare your brethren that they may do according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Go back to Exodus 37. So what you've got basically, and I'm not quite through yet, is the tabernacle being finally built, being uh, put into action. Bezalel and Aholiab are finally working together to build the tabernacle. We could say Jesus and John. We could say Peter and Paul. We could say Moses and Elijah, book of Revelation. It's always wise to work in pairs if you can. The uh, tabernacle is being built at last, but it's a fraction of the size uh, concerning or compared to the temple. 37.25 And he made the incense altar of sheet and wood. The length of it was a cubit and the breadth of it a cubit. It was four square. And two cubits was the height of it, the horns thereof were of the same. And he overlaid it with pure gold, both the top of it and the sides thereof round about. And the horns of it also he made unto it a crown of gold round about. Picture of Christ. Clearly, can't get around it. The tabernacle was priceless. The temple was priceless. The Jews worshipped almost the temple. That's why Christ was so severe with them. And today, the Catholic Church worshipped their church. They worship their rituals, they worship their saints, they worship their popes, they make their popes saints. They make their leaders, their past uh, seers, saints. Orthodox Church, not much difference there. Russian Orthodox Church, not much difference there. Our service must seem very boring and bland to your average Catholic, your average Protestant, your average Christian doesn't care for a Bible study. Your average Christian wants to be entertained. He wants to see people performing, putting on a show. But back in the Old Testament, only the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, put the blood on the mercy seat. Jesus Christ goes into heaven once, takes his blood with him, and leaves it, third heaven, on the mercy seat once and for all. I believe that to be literal. I don't spiritualize that. We can take guesses. We can take chances. We can assume this. We can assume that. We can agree to disagree. But when it comes to doctrinal issues, there's nothing more serious than doctrine. Because false doctrine can ruin you. False doctrine can condemn you. Uh, 37.26 And he overlaid it with pure gold, both the top of it, and the sides thereof round about. And the horns of it also he made unto it a crown of gold round about. And he made two rings of gold for it under the crown thereof, by the two corners of it, upon the two sides thereof, to be places for the staves to bear it withal. Withal, Old English for with them. And he made the staves of sheet and wood, and overlaid them with gold. Count the times that gold appears. Count the time that crown appears. Crown of gold. You thought Solomon was wealthy, and he certainly was. You think Bloomberg is wealthy. You think uh, Branson is wealthy. You think Murdoch is wealthy. And they are. Those guys could alleviate third world debt just like that. They won't, of course, but they could if they wanted to. It was said back in the 1960s how Anarsis wanted to buy barley. He had so much money, Anarsis. And yet, as his life came to the end, he couldn't swallow. 
Couldn't blink, is that right? Couldn't yeah, blink? That's right. Couldn't blink, couldn't yeah. swallow, yeah. was in great pain, worth $100 billion or thereabouts. Wanted to buy Bali, that beautiful island, off the coast of mainland of Indonesia, near Australia. And people would flock to see Anarsis. They thought he was this wonderful man. Mm. Murdoch owns half of the print press. He owns Sky Television. He owns The Times. He owns a son. Fox News. Fox News. His first wife was a Roman Catholic. Bloomberg owns half of Manhattan. And by today's standards, these people are very powerful, very wealthy. But when it gets to, or when it comes to the second advent, uh, these men are going to be on their knees crying. In fact, if you want to read about that sometime, go to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. James gets the whip out and he says, basically, if you are rich and wealthy, you're going to perish. Uh, the second advent. The love of money is the root of all evil. 37, 27. And he made two rings of gold for it under the crown thereof, by the two corners of it, upon the two sides thereof, to be places for the staves, to bear it withal. And he made the staves of sheet and wood, and overlaid them with gold. Incredible. 29. And he made the holy anointing oil, and the pure incense of sweet spices according to the work of the apothecary. Perfume. A wonderful smell. Alabaster box. You think of the Gospel of Matthew. You think of uh, one of the ladies. It may have been Martha or Mary from memory who uh, would anoint the Lord's feet with uh, her hair, but also the perfume. And Judas got upset about it, and he said, uh, "This is this is uh, wasted money. Mm. Why are you wasting money?" Uh, he was money mad. You see, going back to Branson, Bloomberg, Murdoch, uh, Narcissus, and all these guys lived and died horrible lives. I mean, think about an Arsis, just for a few moments. At the height of his day, Howard Hughes, another one, had the whole world at his feet. Howard Hughes would hire uh, Mormons, Christian scientists. He was building projects for the American government. He was flying in his private jets all over the world. He owned hotels. He owned half of Las Vegas. Yep. And yet, towards the end of his life, he had hair down to his knees, hadn't cut his nails in three years. His fridge was full of urine. He would keep his urine in bottles, in jars, in his fridge. He was dying slowly. Anarsis couldn't swallow, couldn't blink. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You wonder what Branson's going to be like, and Murdoch, and Bloomberg, and all those guys, when they hit the judgment. The love of money is the root of all evil. So, 29 verses. Allow me to spend a few moments just summing up what we looked at this morning. A bit of a crash course, but we got there. I thought I would take uh, two Sundays to do this, but by the grace of God, we've been able to do it uh, in one Sunday. Two and a half cubits is 3.75 feet. 1.5 cubits is 2.25 feet. Staves, again, uh, means narrow piece of timber, a narrow piece of timber. To bear the ark means to support it, to sustain it. We say today, I can't bear it anymore. I can't bear the pressure. I can't take it. Same sort of a meaning. Uh, the cherubims were allowed, uh, going back to the measurements that we found from 1 Kings chapter 6. Second uh, Chronicles 35, you've got the tabernacle put into retirement and yet somehow, uh, somehow somewhere it is removed secretly like the rapture a secret rapture uh you've got for example let me think now you've got the uh the shepherds being invited to see the birth of the newborn king only the shepherds uh you've got the magi being uh invited to see the toddler king two different events always confused by apostates and the media when the uh, Magi arrive, the whole of Jerusalem is made aware of it. It's a picture in the second advent. Every eye will see him, every tongue will mourn. Uh, there'll be weeping and wailing and so on and so forth. When the shepherds saw the king, only the shepherds saw the king. 
when the rapture is, is uh, called upon, only we see the king up in the clouds. We come back with him at the end of the tribulation, uh, Revelation 19, and uh, Matthew 24 picks up on that. Matthew 25 speaks about the, the, uh, the ten virgins, some are ready, some are not, uh, which also has an application to the church aged uh, to be ready uh, for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the tabernacle, wonderful picture of the church, the tabernacle was spared, Nebuchadnezzar's wrath, and the tabernacle of tabernacles, the church will be spared, the Antichrist's wrath. You can't beat this book. Uh, two cubits is three foot, one cubit, 1.5 foot, and again, one and a half cubits is 2.25 or 2.22 feet. And the candlestick, the menorah, like I say, pictures the seven churches in the book of Revelation. So we got there by the grace of God. Uh, it's been a fascinating journey. We've got three chapters left to go. And we finished the book of Exodus. And uh, I think we will close it there. And uh, next week, Lord willing, return to... Uh, chapter 38 but I'll say one final thing very briefly notice the personal pronouns the tabernacle although it's an object it's also pictured as a person tender and sensitive uh, if you think of Moses getting into trouble he was told to speak to the rock the rock is an object but the rock is also a person and he didn't speak to the rock he smacked it twice he smote it twice a picture of contempt a picture of Catholics crucifying Christ afresh and because Catholics do that, they will lose their souls for all of eternity. Or put it this way, you think about somebody who got saved, goes back into organized religion, crucifying Christ afresh, has fallen from grace. Uh, Galatians chapter 5. But one last time, you've got the uh, tabernacle, pitch of the uh, temple, New Testaments, our bodies of the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we are baptized into Christ and uh, to go beyond that is to stretch it and of course the tree also as i say starts off back in genesis returns in revelation this is a jewish book an oriental book and uh, by the grace of god we the church are temporarily put into the lord's plan uh, for world redemption but it starts with the jew uh, abraham and it finishes with the jew moses and elijah or it starts with abraham melchizedek abraham lot finishes with Moses and Elijah. The Gentile is just a blip, just a side issue basically when it comes to the bigger picture.